Hey, Roasties, welcome back to the podcast. Today's guest uh, is an up-and-coming front rower at the Newcastle Knights. Uh, also, the the ma- also, I'll call him the main host of 257 <laughs> Collective Podcast, and that is uh, Matt Croker. How are you, Matty? Yeah, good, Dean. What's, uh, what's been happening, mate? How are you travelling? Mate, travelling really good. Thanks thanks for asking. It is a, uh, a tough time at the moment, everything um, everything going on. How are you going? How's, how's things in Newey? I'm good, mate. Everything in New is good. In the midst of a preseason, which it's been a pretty tough one. Um, so it's always fun this time of year because sort of a lot happening. You're coming into holiday time, but everyone wants to get on the drink and that. But because you're in the middle of a preseason, it's pretty hard to go out and socialise. But it's a good time of year. I love this time of year. When, when do you when do you break for Chrissy? Like you work right up until Chrissy, or um, I think we're breaking on the twenty first, and then I think we're back on the third. Or it might be the twentieth to the third, so we get about two weeks off, which is, which is enough time. Enough time to put on about ten kilos of uh, yeah. ham and <laughs> potato bacon. <laughs> mate, I was mate, actually a couple roast, roast pork. Yeah, I was talking to mate yesterday. I was like, "What's what's your dally M of uh, Christmas food?" And I, I said, um, "Mine was potato bake because it goes oh. goes with cold, goes with hot. Plus, you can just eat it for like days after." My old girl makes one of the best potato bakes you'll ever taste, mate. It's that good. And she always whips them up too, especially around Christmas time because she's Spanish. So, you know, Spanish people are like, mate, Spanish ladies, they just want you to eat and eat and eat. So her and my nan are just always slaving over the kitchen over Christmas time. It's the grouse. But what's what's nan in in Spanish? Is it nonna? Uh, Oh, so, uh, yeah, we just, well, we've just always called her nan, but I think it's nonna. So they were, they're they're Chilean, which is... Spanish culture, yeah. So the mum was born in Chile, moved over here when she was young. Um, but yeah, my nan, she lived there pretty much her whole life until she came over here and probably come in here just around the eighties, yeah, early eighties. Okay, yeah, yeah, nice, bit of, Mate, bit of, um, yeah, little little good one, little good nugget. Um, we start off uh, each one a little bit of trivia, and obviously you've only played a couple of games for the Knights in your NRL yep. career. Um, so I thought I'd just uh, three quick questions, a little trivia question. See how much you remember and know about your um, your debut. Um, yeah. What was the what was the team you played in the score? We versus Para, and the score always sort of escapes me a bit. But I <laughs> I think it was forty to four, or it could have been forty two four. Forty four. It was. Yeah, probably, 40 probably to one four. you do want to do want to forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. just forget the score. Remember the game, but forget the score. It's just it's just trapped in the back of my mind. I don't like remembering it, but yeah, it's there. There was uh, the only Knights try scorer. Who was it? Uh, no, I think I do remember. I think it was Anari. Yeah, bang spot on. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was our top try scorer, so I was just going to throw a dart there. Yep. Back and uh, a player was Sinbind. Do you remember who? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Stumped you. No, I don't actually. I can't really remember the Sydney. Was it in the second half? It must have been. Yeah, it was in the second half. It was about 15 minutes was it ago. A, was it a Knights player? Or was it a yeah, Knights player? player. Yep. Oh. Same initial, first first name and last name. MC, MC. Who else? No, no, sorry. MC? No, no, no. Um, his his oh, first sorry, initial sorry, yeah. is the same as oh, his last, last name. Was it? Was it Bradman? Nah. So, no. So Aso Sue. Oh, Jesse. What did he what did he do? I can't even remember that. Oh, I, I I don't know. I just saw it. I was just going over the stats. Yeah. Um I should have probably went and had a had a look, but um yeah, Simbin in I think the sixty six minute, so 
Yeah, right. I can't remember that. So I was going to go down and get real technical. I was like, how many tackles did you make? How many minutes were you on the field? Oh, uh, I remember. I remember I made a fair few. You did, actually. It was only like 20-odd yeah. minutes you, you, you played and you made, made like 21 yeah, made tackles. Like, yeah, I was pretty busted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was good, but. Mate, um, tell us a little bit about um, growing up. You're born and raised in, um, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, uh, Nabiak. Uh, yeah, up, in, up in the north coast, um, just yeah. about what an hour and a half north of Newey. Were you a Newey fan growing up? Yeah, so I was born in Nabiak. I did. Whenever people ask me where I'm from, I say Nabiak, and they go, "Where's that?" And I say, <laughs> "Do you know where Tari is?" And they say, "Yeah." And I say, "Well, about half an hour close to Tari." And so I did all my school and all my footy there. And I sort of was a Knights fan, but I actually supported Penrith because when I when I played footy, I started when I was about when I was about four years old. And the team I played for was the Tarry Panthers. So as a five-year-old kid, you know, you're playing for a team that has a Panthers logo on it. So you just initially go for the Panthers. And then I just sort of stuck with them. But then when you sort of become like a teenager, you realise who's the closest team to your town. And that was Newcastle. And um, I'm sort of cousins. Well, I'm really, really close family friends with Jared Mullen. And back in like, you know, 2012, that's when he was the Knights wonder kids. So I sort of supported them through um, like that kind of relationship. But, and then once I started playing for them, it all changed, you know, I supported them pretty heavily. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, look, kids grow up. They, they sort of follow that, um, uh, that team that they, they wear on their chest and, yeah. and grow that fondness. I suppose you would have only been what four when the Panthers won their premier, that premiership yep. in 2003. So they, yeah, they won in 03, so yeah, I was four then, so I was probably just starting footy. It was probably I can't really remember it too much, but I remember a couple of blokes that I used to love was like Reese Wesser. Yep. I used to love Luke Lewis um, before he went to the Sharks. I used to love Petro. Petro was hectic. I, I grew up on a farm and we had a bull on the farm and we actually, I actually named it after Petro. Petro the bull? Um, yeah, Petro the bull, just because he was like this big, strong animal and I used to love Petro and... Um, the um yeah he used to love like Preston Campbell when he was playing yep um for the Panthers so that was and when you're younger you sort of follow players not so much teams but then you just sort of stick with it you're always in the front row growing up yeah I used to play a bit of back row I was yep. a little bit more slim back then <laughs> um I could move a bit more agile but um when I was about yeah 15 16 I started playing sort of that lock front row and then um yeah played like how math sg ball 20s all middle yeah all in the middle how was it um like you know when you started supporting the the knights in those sort of teenage years and then to go on and represent that club like how special was that yeah it was it was pretty like it was pretty unbelievable because i sort of thought like we might talk about it a bit later but i sort of thought that it was all um it was all like my dream was done because I actually got, I was in NRL on a development contract in 2020 and then I ended up getting shifted back the next year back to reserve grade and I was, wasn't even training with NRL when I made my debut. So I sort of thought like the dream was over kind of thing. Um, but it was, it was awesome because I still had a lot of friends back in Taree that who always supported the Knights and, um, you know, like even, just everyone you come across in Tari, because the Knights are such a close team, they always support it. So when I made my debut, it sort of felt like I was representing them in a way, which was a pretty, it was a pretty cool feeling. There was a lot of people that I knew at the game that had travelled down, like 
yeah, travelled down from Taree to come watch, which, yeah, it made it makes it all that little bit extra special. So it was pretty cool to represent. Taree falls under the banner of a Newcastle. They fall under like the Hunter, so it was pretty cool, mate. It felt like I was a local junior representing my club. Growing up, um, you're probably a little bit younger than um, Latrell Mitchell, but you sort of play around. You know, you yep. play with him or like around the same sort of area. Yeah, so Latrell, uh, Latrell has an older brother, Shaq. And so Latrell's two years older than me, but Shaq is three years older than me. So, but Latrell would always play up in Shaq's age group because he was so good. And there was two Tyree teams. There was the Tyree Panthers and there was the Tyree Red Rovers. And Latrell used to play for the Rovers. And I remember watching him play these 16, like under 16s grand finals, just doing like the most bizarre things like, that he'd be kicking off and he'd just sort of, he'd look like he's winding it up for a big kick, grub her at 10 metres, pick it up on the 40, beat four players, score, and just turn these grand finals on its head. Like, I've got these vivid memories of him. Um, I didn't have much to do with Latrell until um, I was probably about 19, 20, and I sort of started bumping into him a little bit. And his old man, Matty Mitchell, who used to play NRL, um, he's always been real kind to me whenever he's seen me, just offered help. Um, if I ever need anything, like, you know, I was sort of coming up at the time and, you know, Latrell had been through it all. So just, they're a good family. Um, yeah, they mean well, but he's always been a freak of a talent. Absolutely. And another uh, another name out of the Tari area, uh, Boyd Cordner. You would have, yeah. like, obviously he's, he's a lot older than you, but um, sort of coming through, he probably would have been playing um, his sort of teenage years around that area. Yeah, so he actually went to school with my oldest brother. So they went to primary school together. So I always knew a fair bit about Boydie because, you know, they like my older brother would play um, cricket with him in, in the summer and, you know, mum would be there around him. And so she always sort of knew of him. And he was pretty similar. He was always a big, strong kid. Um, but I think the thing about Boydie that's probably different to Latrell is Latrell's a naturally gifted superstar you know and now you see that Latrell's got this kind of drive to him and a bit of hunger to be the best whereas I think Boydie never really had that natural skill and he wasn't like a big ball player or nothing he was just a hard working tough as guts back rower and I think that's what he sort of built his legacy on um but yeah I always sort of knew of Boydie he was at least seven years older than me but yeah I always knew of him would have been good like you know growing up and seeing you know this guy you know, make the NRL, seeing that hard work sort of pay off. And then also, yeah. you know, playing alongside and around Latrell and seeing him him make it as well. Um, mate, tell us about your debut last year. Um, what uh, what did the coach say to you? Um, I know there was a phone call, a funny phone call um, beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> and any advice from anyone sort of leading up to it? Yeah, so the, the whole debut week was pretty, was pretty surreal, I think. I think we'd verse Blacktown because the boys had versed Manly because they, they beat Manly. And it might have been on the on the Saturday. And because, like, like I said this before, I was actually working. I wasn't training full time, which is crazy because you don't really hear these stories anymore because everyone's full time. And um, it was a Tuesday. And as you know, the team lists come out on Tuesday at four o'clock. And so I wasn't on an NRL contract. I was just on a New South Wales Cup contract. And I was at work. I was landscaping. And I was in the work truck and I was um, I was working on the excavator. So I was digging this big hole and I get this call from the coach at about, it's probably about like quarter to two. 
but I'd already got a call from the strength and conditioner telling me that I had to come in to do training because they needed me. Anyway, I got the call from the coach and I thought, oh, this is a bit weird. Like he wouldn't be calling me to remind me, right? And and I've answered, I've gone, hey, Ads. And he's going, hey, what's going on? I was like, oh, mate, just at work. And he goes, um, he goes, oh, by the way, I've got you on speaker with all the coaches. And I heard them all sort of say, okay. and I've, when he said that, I was like, nah. I was like, this couldn't be what I think it's going to be, you know. <laughs> and then he, um, he goes, what are you doing the Savo? And I was actually doing a podcast for a friend. I was going to jump on his podcast after getting a haircut from him. But I wasn't going to tell the coach that. And I just said, oh, no, mate, uh, nothing. Why? What's up? And he goes, oh, listen, I need you to get to, to the West in New Lambton. I need you to sign um, a contract because we need it lodged before four o'clock because you're making your debut this week. And he said it real quick. And I just sort of, and I was just like, I just sort of froze. I didn't really, I didn't really say too much. I, I did swear a couple of times. I just sort of, <laughs> I swore out loud, but um, I was just more in, I was just in shock because I was like, I'm not even training with the NRL team at the moment. And, and I was just, oh, mate, I was just in so much. I was so happy. I'd been through a lot like the last 18 months because I spent that whole 2020 year training in the bubble, didn't get to play a game. It was a hard year. Um, turning up each week to get flogged and not play footy was so hard. And then to not get a contract and then have to go back to work and, and then, oh, mate, it was just so, it was so good. But then it was this massive like race against the clock that nobody really knows about because so I was in the work truck and I had to race to Bunnings to get these danger signs because I've dug this massive hole because, you know, if you just leave it, someone falls in, you get sued. <laughs> so I had to race to Bunnings, get these things, couldn't find them. And I'm like, I was wigging out. I was like, oh, I've got to get there before four o'clock because if I don't, I'm not going to play. So I raced to Bunnings, try to get them found them, had to race back, set it all up, had to put the excavator um, on the trailer, had to put the trailer on the truck, had to take the truck back to my boss's house where my car was and then drive 40 minutes into Newcastle because I was working out of town. And then, he, and then I got to Newcastle and these contracts, like you got to initial every single page. Yeah. And there's like, there's like 70 odd pages in a contract. So I'm sitting there like sweating bullets, initialing, initial like, and finally got it done and I got this email at about I think it was about 16 minutes to four and it said your your application for an NRL profile has been approved and once oh. that was approved I was able to I was a part of like the NRL system which means they could put me on the the four o'clock team list and uh but the funny thing was ads told me he said don't tell anyone um he said you can tell your mum and dad you can tell your brothers and sisters but don't tell any of your mates or nothing. And the reason I thought that was because I thought he wanted to play mind games with Parramatta. And I was like, fair enough. Coaches do it all the time, you know, bring in a late, a late change. I was like, fair enough. Anyway, I turned up to train on the next day. Couldn't tell anyone I was playing, even though it was the best moment of my life. <laughs> and we sat down in the meeting in the morning at like eight o'clock or whatever it was. He's reading out the team. Lost you, mate. Sorry, mate. Oh, you're Sorry, right. Sorry, mate. You're right. Keep going. Yeah, back. Sorry, I accidentally touched on. And I uh, sat down in the team meeting and he, he was reading out the team list. Jake Clifford was making his debut that week, well, club debut. John Z, Jack Johns was making his club debut. Anyway, he's reading through the bench and he goes, oh, and also making his debut, Croke. And 
the reason he didn't want me to tell anyone was because he wanted to see the reaction on the boys' faces when he told them. Oh, nice. And so that was pretty mad. I wish I sort of somehow could have got that on video because he reckons, like, throughout all these years of coaching, it's the biggest cheer he's ever heard. So that, that was a pretty cool moment. That was that was real special. And then, yeah, I, I read in the paper a couple of days later that that was the reason I wasn't allowed to tell anyone. <laughs> so once I read that, I told all my mates back home and, yeah, told my family and that it was hectic. That would have been a special moment. Like you're saying um, earlier, like a lot of players, you know, making their debut will um, be part of that team going through, you know, training with the squad, training with the squad every week. And then finally they may, you've gone almost the opposite avenue. Like they've, yeah. you know, oh, you're not part of the squad at all. You, your development yeah. contract's gone. You're part of a New South Wales Cup. And then you just get this random phone call while you're, you know, working a oh, day man. job. And that, that was like, that was the most cool thing because it sort of felt like I did it the hard way, which is, which is like sort of rewarding. Um, like you said, blokes, blokes like will work and work and keep putting themselves in the frame. And, you know, the coaches would be like, oh, you know, have a look at this bloke. He keeps, but I was nowhere to be seen, mate. I was like, I was literally on the shovel and I got the call and, uh, oh, mate, it was so, it was so cool. And then everything that come about it, like, um, you know, the jersey presentation, um, you know, the boys knowing that I was going to play, getting to play alongside some of my best mates, it was, and not, not to mention, I don't know if you remember, but it was actually a 20-year reunion of the 2001 grand final between well, Knights and Parramatta. One of the old boys' days, wasn't it? I'm... And it was old boys' day. So they usually do old boys' day the last round of the year. But last year, um, thankfully, they didn't because the comp ended up getting moved to the sunny Co- – oh, sorry, Queensland. And they just decided, oh, we'll just do it on this 20-year reunion. And and it was like when COVID had sort of dropped down and there's 28,000 people there. It was a sunny Sunday afternoon. It just it was just a bastard. We got beat by 40 Yeah. <laughs> Great day, uh, apart from the yeah. result. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mate, um, how, like, how challenging was last year? Like after you've made your debut, um, you go back and play, you play a couple of games in, in the NRL, you go back and play one game in the New South Wales Cup and then it's canned the whole, the whole yeah. season. So basically you go within oh. two weeks of making your debut to season over. How challenging yeah. was that? Oh, so tough, mate. It just felt like, it felt like you were getting tested kind of thing. Like the whole 2020 season in a bubble, not being able to see your family, not being able to go out with your mates. And like we were getting flogged, like every Saturday they would flog us because we needed to be fit just in case we did play an RL. Yep. And and then didn't end up playing. I played the round one, which was against the Warriors in New South Wales Cup. Did not play a game the rest of the year. Just just trained. And then and then I'd worked so hard, got back into this position where I'd played. You know, I played my debut against Parra, then played the next week against South, and then the next week. We versus Western Suburbs in New South Wales Cup and we had a draw and things were just looking so good. I was back training full-time. I was like, mate, this is so good. Like, this is my dream. I've put myself in contention to get selected for NRL like each week. I was like, we're going to good cup side. We just had a draw with the blokes that were leading it. And that bang, you know, COVID hits and it's like, oh, like, come on, you're taking the mickey. And then the next thing you know, um, there's all this talk about us going up to Queensland. And I was like, oh, you know, 
this will sort of be fun. I'll get to go to Queensland. And I remember the week leading up to it, we're versus Melbourne, Knights were versus Melbourne. And DSAF and Jesse Sue, they were both out. And they kept saying to me early that week on the Monday, they're like, oh, Croaks, be ready because we don't think we're going to be ready. So you'll probably be playing. And I was like, oh, this is like, this is hectic. You know, I get to play another game. I get to play against Melbourne, like arguably the best like sporting franchise in Australia. I was like, this is cool. Man, I had to get the news that I wasn't going to Queensland. And I was like, oh, my. It just felt like everything had gone full circle. And it was just, yeah, it was real tough. Tough to wear on the chin. Um, and then when all the boys left, that was really hard on me. I was lucky enough that they ended up, I don't know what happened, but the coach sent me a message one one night and just said, mate, we need you up here. And he said, would you quarantine? I said, yeah, of course I wouldn't. And I ended up quarantined. I wasn't in camp for very long because we got beat by power again in the semi. <laughs> but um, I ended up getting a free trip up to Queensland. Oh, nice. But you, um, yeah. You've talked a couple of times, say, like, you know, the coach wanted to see the reaction on the boys and he's calling you up. Um, you know, you, uh, you probably toot your own horn a little bit here and you... you you probably won't, but I'll try and get you to. Are you one of those guys that gets around the book, like, you know, real boys sort of guy in the club? Yeah. Uh, all the boys sort of gravitate towards? Oh, yeah, mate. In a way, like, I, I guess so. Like, I've been, you know, they sometimes say I'm sort of a clubman kind of thing. Like, I don't, I don't think of it as much like that. I just think of, like, I do get on well with everyone. I've got a lot of my best mates in that squad. Like, I, like, well, he's not here now, but Connor, he's one of my best mates. Um, I looked up to him so much. Like, Tex Hoy, is, he's been my best mate for a long time. KP, he's one of my best. And then I've got blokes like Randy, the Safidi boys, like that. those two boys, um, like what they've done for me. And then, like, someone like Mitch Barnett, we didn't mention him before, but he come from a, he come from Wingham, which is real close to Tari as well. Oh, yep. Like, you know, blokes like him and then, even blokes like Jaden, right? Like I could go on and on and on. Yeah, it looks um, like it sounds like you have relationship with almost every single person. It's yeah, I would say so, mate. And I think they all sort of felt felt for me because they'd seen that I worked really hard in twenty twenty within the bubble and that, and then to sort of get pushed back. I think they all sort of felt for me a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then it was just it was so good, mate. When when I, when they all got told, like I was because I sit front row. We got like a little amphitheater sort of thing uh, where we have our meetings and stuff. And there's like five sort of levels. And I sit front row and I sit next to Big Clem. And so when he said it, and because in my mind, I knew I knew I was making my debut. So I knew he was going to say my name. And when he like did the bench and he goes, you know, and also making his debut, he goes, Matt Croker, like Croaks. And I just like everyone was smacking me in the back of the head and they were grabbing me and like blokes were leaning over it. It was oh mate, it was the best. If wow. I could relive it, if I could relive a moment, it would be it would be that. That was great. Like you said, it would have been awesome to see on on uh, video as well. On video, yeah. Yeah. Mate, um, let's move on to this season then. Um, you know, how is how's preseason going so far and who who are some of the standout players? Uh mate, it's good. It's been really tough. We got a whole new strength and conditioning um, like crew. Um, Hayden Knowles is in. He's the best. You know, you ask around anywhere. He's the he's the grouse strength and conditioner. Uh, mate, this season is different. I can just sort of tell by the look in everyone's eye. I think we're all sort of hurt from that Parramatta semi because we'd come so close 
to lose it. Um, and so everyone's so much tighter at the moment, mate. Everyone's so hungry. Um, it's so cool going in there every day. Like, you're just so keen to rip in. Everyone's, you know, like sometimes you turn up to a preseason and you're sort of negging it. You're like, oh, like, I just want the season to start. Well, blokes are turning up to preseason going, like, this is, we're winning games now, sort of thing. Um, like, this is where you do it. And so it's, it's mad. Turning up now, everyone's real hungry. Standouts, um, mate, Dom Young has started really well. Dom Young has started really well. Um, Another guy who only sort of played a couple of games last year, didn't he? And mate, he could be anything. And then well, Kurt Mann's going really good. Yep. Kurt Mann's going to have a big year. Um, can't say too much on that, no. what the game plan is, but killer. <laughs> um, but then, like, I love turning up to the train and watching KP train. Um, even though he's my best mate, I'll give him a lot of stick. He is a superstar, like the stuff he does. Um, but yeah, Frizz, Frizz looking in good nick. Yep. The big beast, the big, uh, big Dwayne Johnson, I mean, he's looking good. He is looking real good. So, do, mate, it's, do, it's awesome. Does he do the eyebrow during training? Yeah, he, he does. He does. does. He? he won't admit it, but he does a little bit. Like, he'll go out and bench 150 and then get up and do them ones with everyone. <laughs> he truly is the rock, isn't he? He is, mate. He is. Mate, um, quickly on KP, obviously he's been in the, the um, uh, headlines a fair bit, the Dolphins contract talk and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Does um in regards to all contracts and all players, does do you guys talk about it at training, or is it something just like it's a no no? You don't mention it at all. It's like nah. you don't want a distracting, you know, training. Yeah, not like you know, if a bloke's sort of torn between decisions, like he'll talk to some of his best mates, like Connor, when he was making the big decision on whether to leave or whether to stay. Um, I wasn't with him because he was in the sunny coast and at the time I was still in Newcastle um, and because me and him are so close he'd ring me like every now and then just just because he was like so torn mate like he'd have these meetings and he'd be so swung one way and then he'd go and have a meeting and he'd be so swung the other and like it's stressful um, like it's it'd be stress stressful for him because you know, he didn't want to leave but in a way, he sort of didn't want to stay kind of thing. He did want to go. So he did, like, he was turning to blokes like me, Kay, who is sort of his best mates. But in terms of, like, other blokes re-signing and that, like, it doesn't really get thrown around the yeah. change as much. It's, I just, I wasn't sure, like, you know, if especially if it's, like, a big player that's in the papers all the time, whether, you know, there's just jo- like, a few jibes and a bit of nah, banner there's around a, there's a bit of, there's just a like, bit of banner. Yeah, yeah, but nothing too serious. There's a bit of banner, like. I know you banner on the uh, like on the podcast. You, how much <laughs> how much more money he's, he's going to be asking and all oh, that sort of stuff. And I was like, does it happen at training or is it just like a big no no? Like the coaches, if you say it, you got to you know do ten laps or something. Nah, nah, you can have it. You can have a bit of laugh like that. Like, yeah. There's a, there's always a, like it's the best job in the world when you're getting flogged and uh, like Jaden Bailey's real good at making jokes like that. He, you know, he turns up and stinking hot day we know we got an 8k day ahead of us he goes i get paid to do this come on come on where do i sign like stuff like that like you make little jokes like that you don't really have a crack at anyone else's money you just sort of make jokes about yourself and yeah that's that's good it's a good laugh mate what um what sort of you got the podcast but what other interests do you have outside of footy um Mate, I love I love me sport. Like I've actually, I've got the ashes on in the background. I know, I know. I'm, I'm trying England. to I'm trying to wrap it up just a little bit because I know it's about to kick off, and uh, uh, I know you're a big ashes fan. 
Or be cricket yeah, fan? I love me cricket. I love um I love me UFC. I love um like the podcast has been a new sort of thing for me in the last probably year. Um getting on other people's is always good fun. Um not having to host is sometimes a bit of a weight off the shoulders. But other than that, mate, I don't have a bunch of other interests. Um I'm a pretty I'm pretty chilled. I'm not a massive extrovert. Like I don't I'm not always finding new things to do. I'm not really creative. I'm pretty, pretty shit ass when it comes to technology. Just <laughs> um, a laid back so, country bloke, yeah. Yeah, pretty much, mate. I, yeah, I mean, days are. I, I love getting out and that. Like, I love having a beer with me mates. But if it's on a day like today where it's a day off, and I've got the chance to sit down and watch cricket all day, you know, I'll do that. Yeah, nice. You get um, yeah. you get back to the country much? You get back to. Yeah, yeah, Nabiak. I, I suppose, get, I suppose not, not lately, but oh, like over yeah. the last couple of years with the way it's been, but um, you love getting back there? Yeah, I love, I do. It's a bit of like when when things are going 100 miles an hour in here in Newey with footy and whatever, it's good to get back there, get back to the farm and just, mate, just relax, you know, just enjoy a bit of quiet. Um, I know it sort of sounds cliche, but it is actually good to just get back there and relax because you can just sit outside um, and just not have to worry about anything. It's so good, mate. Uh, quickly on the on the podcast, what um what sort of plans for season twenty twenty two? Uh, mate, we've got a few big things coming. I might have to keep it keep, keep tight on lips. low down. Uh, we're going to get some guests on. Um, so the way we wanted to break it up was that was season one of the two five seven collective podcast that finished uh, probably about three four weeks ago now. Um, and then we'll start back up hopefully around late February, um, around when the season starts. It's just made it so hard with preseason to keep it yeah, going. Yeah. Trying to come up with new content. So we're still we still have been recording um, episodes with guests. Um, yep. that we're just we're just gonna bank them so that come season time, um, if we sort of get trapped and and we aren't able to get together, um for a week, we're just going to release one of them and then the fans can enjoy that one. So that's sort of our plan, but hopefully take it to a new level, mate. There's talks we might be doing a couple live shows. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, that'll be that'll be pretty fun around Newey. So if you're a Newey fan, yeah, keep your Get, a, keep get your around it. Yeah. Mate, um, has the uh, 257 Collective Instagram account followed you yet? No. Not at all. <laughs> Did you know there's not a... Yet. I, just, I was researching... Oh, just doing a bit of research on you and... It came up saying there's a petition to uh, get it to, to follow. There's 21 signatures, mate. So you you got a fair bit of support there. 21, I'll take that. I'll take that. Shout that's, out to all them 21 people. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, the it's funniest what... thing is I, I actually have access to the Instagram. Account, <laughs> yeah, so I, I like re- I reply to a lot of the messages and stuff and. Like, cause we all we all have access, so I could easily follow myself. It's just a running joke. It's a, it's a great running joke. Keep it yeah, going. we just keep it. Yeah. Mate, quick, a few quick fan questions before um, yes Australia rips in and and takes about uh, eight wickets in this first session. <laughs> Mate, um, who's the funniest bloke in the club, apart from yourself? <laughs> Not me. Mate, I this, everyone's got their own sort of a way of making me laugh. At the moment, Brails is just he's so funny at the moment. I don't know what it is. Uh, I think it's because he's an easy target. A lot of the boys go at him. And he's just got these li- these perfect little jab bucks. So at the moment, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Jaden Bailey. Who's the uh, biggest pest or the most annoying? 
it's it's do, it's dobbing a teammate. It's dobbing a teammate. <laughs> I'll tell you what, KP gets on my nerves sometimes. Oh really? He's just oh like he's I don't know. It's probably because I'm so close with him. I just look at him sometimes. It's like it's like when you're with a family member, like a brother or sister, and you just look at him. You just go, just shut up, mate. Like, <laughs> <I've had enough. laughs> yeah. So I'll go. I'll go KP only because it's me, mate. Who's the uh, who's the strongest in the gym? The strongest. Oh, I tell you what, pound for pound, Connor used to be, but um, I think it's Jaira Mamasia. Oh, yep. He he would probably be the strongest. Yeah, I don't think anyone would even come close to him at the moment. Yeah, right. Okay, convention. Yeah, strong as mate, strong like gnarly strong. Who's uh who's the fastest at the club? Uh Dom Young, I think, yeah. has taken the cake. I think Braddy used to be close. Edric Lee, the poor bugger with his injury probably set him back a little bit he used to be over 100 eddie used to be made a flyer but i think dom's got him i think he got like was he in the top 10 or fourth or something i think he got top four yeah it's 37.8 or something mate that's quick it's quicker than what i got (laughs) he's tall too isn't he how tall is he yeah i'm pretty sure he's the tallest in the league as well okay yeah a couple of guns there yeah, there you go. A little full of fun facts for us. Yeah. Uh, mate, this, <laughs> this one's from an Instagram user called Jack Johns underscore underscore <laughs> underscore underscore. I don't know why he has so many underscores, but um, why does your tool belt have so many tools? <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know if we want to go pass. there. But you pass, pass on that one. <laughs> mate, he's, um, a, he's a dairy. Uh, how does it feel not being able to wear any form of grey clothing? <laughs> that's a that's a two five seven yeah, yeah. Uh, as they can see I'm, all, I'm decked out in all black uh, yeah. as usual um, and just finally uh, bring on bring in a WWE superstar into the nights to play past or present who would it be oh uh, tell you what I didn't watch a heap of WWE when I was younger but my favourite was Rey Mysterio maybe chuck him at nine just Ooh, let nice him little, be a little yeah. crafty yeah, a little bit of a jack in the box. Let him um, bouncing off his forwards, taking scoots, sort of like an happy chorus out. So I'll go Ray Mysterio. Nice pick. Um, Who would you go, Roasty? Who would you go? Oh, mate, I'm a huge Triple H fan. Um, Ooh, I don't right. know where yeah, I don't right. know where I'd play him. Probably play him at lock. Um, yeah. he, he, I feel like he's got a bit of ball work. He could uh, and strong runs in him. So that's, while that's we're on the WWE, what... actually, Bradman Best, you might have to ask him this on your own. He's known as the Undertaker. So. Uh, it's a bit of a story about it. I don't really want to tell it. It's his story. Yep. Um, so he's known as the Undertaker sometimes. So if you ever get him on, um, ask him why he's called the Undertaker. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll might message him and see, see how he goes. I've got a, I've got a feeling if I'm going to pick it, what the story is about, it's either him being passed out and just wakes up suddenly, um, or he can do the eyes, uh, the Undertaker eyes. I don't know. I'll ask no, him and no see how comment. I go. No, no comment. comment. No. And mate, just, just uh, real quick. Um, final question what's your goals for uh, 2022 uh, mate I'd love to be back in the NRL 17 you know play a few more games I've set myself a little goal um, I'd love to get a contract extension um, I'm only here for a year so um, I would love to get another another couple of years at this club but uh, mate I, I, I'm, I'm happy with the way I've applied myself in the last um you know, two years, uh, last 12 months, I'd, yeah, two years. So I just want to, I just want to stick with that. Just, that's a goal. Just don't shy away from the hard work, you know, keep leaning into the tough stuff. I've made massive improvements with sort of my fitness and 
um, me ball skills and stuff like that. So it's not so much as a, a set goal of playing you know, 12-plus NRL games or something. It's more just keep it what I'm doing because what I'm doing is working. Like, I've, I've worked my way back into a squad, worked myself into a contract. So just keep it the hard work. Don't shy away from that and... Um, just keep leaning into the tough stuff because that's, I'm only going to get better for it. You got some of the um, some of the best front rowers there with uh, Clem and Saifedi mm. brothers, so you got some of the best to, you know, take that uh, advice and 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 keep working. So, mate, yeah, wish, you, wish, wish you all the best and um, can't wait to see you on the field in uh, in 2022, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. I was it was all, I was always going to come on once you asked. You always helped us two five seven boys out, so. Um, mate, I'll do anything to help you out. You're a legend, mate. Honestly, that the two five seven is is one of the best listens um, each week. It, it, one because it's great for like an NRL fan to hear these um, NRL players just relaxed and, yeah. and having a conversation, just like you know mates around at a bar or something. Um, yeah. But also, just it's fucking it's hilarious, mate. It's um yeah. Uh, you know, your boys just show how how well connected you are and and how much you love it. So uh, yeah. it's, it's a great listen. Oh, thanks, mate. I really appreciate it. But, um, yeah, all the best, and we'll uh, talk again soon, mate. Thanks for coming on. Oh, mate, enjoy your ashes. You too, mate. See ya.